What is up everybody? Welcome back to the number one health, fitness and entertainment podcast, the one and only in situ health and fitness podcast. <laughs> so long. Before we get into today's show, I just want to thank every single one of you for listening, following, commenting, giving us your questions. We did a good Q&A podcast last week. In case you missed it, go back and check it out. Uh, This podcast would not be growing if it wasn't for you guys. So again, thank you very much. If you haven't, please make sure you subscribe. Give the video a like on YouTube. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a five-star review and a positive comment. A lot of podcast platforms now have a rating system, so that means there's an algorithm behind it, Mm. which is pushing podcasts to the top, and we'd like to be at least in the top 100 would be nice. I was going to say 50. uh, Anywhere up the top there. (laughs) So if you could do that, that would mean the world to us. We do this podcast to help everybody live long, healthy, long... Healthy. (laughs) Long, healthy and happy lives. So help us by doing that, giving us all the comments and reviews and we can help more people do the same. A few weeks ago on the podcast, I brought up a story about how there's a burger place downstairs. As we walk out of our building, there's a burger place and it just, the smell just wafts straight out onto the sidewalk every time we Mm. walk past. You just get that mad craving for burgers. And I was saying how one day I walked past and I just had an unbeatable urge, uh, but I didn't give in and I didn't eat the 10 burgers that I said I would. And I had a few people reach out and go, oh, you, I don't know how you do that. And I wish I had the willpower, um, willpower that you do. And I realised there's still people out there that don't realise that you, willpower isn't something that you're born with. Yeah, true. Something, willpower is something, Willpower is something that you build upon and you increase over time, just like a workout, like your muscles, like your endurance, if you're trying to get fitter. It's just something that you can continually build on. And when you do stop building on it, I do find that it drops off Mm. and your willpower turns to shit and everything creeps back in. So I want to talk about ways that we build on willpower and... In those times where you want 10 burgers, you don't actually end up eating <laughs> 10 burgers. So what would be the number one thing you do to build on willpower? I really, I really just want to say I was born with it. <laughs> um, I, what did I just say? Can you start? Because I don't really know how I build it. Um, there's a couple of things I, I do okay. that I think builds it. Um, first is a cold shower. I think everybody sort of had had that coming. Mm-hmm. I think I talk about a cold shower every single episode. Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's just willpower is literally doing things that you don't want to do, that are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. that cause you discomfort. Because over time that builds and builds and builds. So when something comes up like you want to eat ten burgers, you've almost got that willpower in reserve to go. Well, no, I don't need it. I'll move on and having a shower just it is so uncomfortable it is so annoying a cold shower (laughs) yeah a cold shower is so uncomfortable so annoying and every morning I don't want to do it so it's just like 
for those that are interested, I usually do hot to start with, not hot, but... A normal me- shower. Normal, medium to warm shower. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I finish with a cold shower. So it's that big shock of going from nice and comfortable, having a good morning into not having a good morning and it's cold, but you do feel good afterwards. Yeah. And it's that it's it's not actually the cold water dripping on your skin, on your face, like making you cold that is building on the willpower. It's actually turning the tap to cold. Yeah. So that is the hardest part. As soon as you can sort of start doing that and build that willpower to turn that tap onto cold, that is the hard part. And it's just like going to the gym. Mm. Working out isn't that hard. It's actually getting to the gym that is hard part. So I'd say my second one is getting to the gym every t- every day or thereabouts. I do have rest days. There's days where I don't go to the gym. But most days I do go to the gym and it's just building that willpower of going to the gym. Because some days you just don't want to get off the couch or you've got too much work or yeah. you know life is just in the way, you don't feel like it, whatever. Getting to the gym is the hard part. Working out, as soon as you're there, you can start working out. Even if it's not the best session you, ha- you have, mm. if it's not the most productive session, you've still gotten to the gym and you're still building that habit. So I'd say getting to the gym is hard. And it, again, it's, it's sort of putting things into place so you don't miss that workout and you can get there. And again, now building it up over a lot of years, <laughs> I, I just have that habit and I have that willpower. So it doesn't even really cross my mind of not going to the gym. Yeah. Where if you're just starting out, yeah, it's hard. I've got one client at the moment who is just starting to wake up in the morning and go to the gyms, gym in the morning and he's struggling with it, but he's doing it. And I know over time that it will get easier and easier for him, just like the workouts do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that giving you some ideas? <laughs> I, not really. I feel like every, I'm conflicted. So I either feel like everything I do involves me using willpower because I would say I'm, pretty disciplined in regards to study work healthy lifestyle stuff right then on the other hand I could also say it's just my personality so I don't know I guess the thing the most that stands out the most when I think about it is consistency so if I miss a day or if I miss two days of something my willpower diminishes completely right so if i have a good streak going and i'm getting up at 5 30 every day and then i get up at seven two days in a row and then i do it the third day i'm like what's the point you know like it's almost like that third day just flicks a switch and my willpower to continue with that habit is like this big like it's tiny and i think the same goes for the gym like if i miss the gym more than three days I forget how good it makes me feel. I forget how good it feels to not be stiff and have been sitting down all day. I forget how good it makes my mood and everything like that. Like, I don't know. I think that just three days just makes you forget why you were doing it in the first place. So if I go longer than three days for anything, just forget about it. Like there is no more willpower there. Mm. But then I suppose if that does happen to you, because I feel like it's common to go for longer than three days, I don't even know what I would do to get back, to get back into it. Honestly, I'm just a very, very OCD person. So, but you're definitely not like that when I first met you. 
OCD in, I wasn't OCD towards health and fitness. No. <laughs> I was OCD in different, more unhealthy ways, right? No, but that's what I mean. Like it's something that you have built over the last five what, years. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you might fall off a little bit and miss a few days, but then you have the willpower now to get back on and start doing it again. Yeah. Where like in the very beginning, you may not have had that willpower and it was easy to miss a week and then struggle to get back into the gym after a week type thing. Yeah. Um, but I will say that you, the way you sort of get around it is that you do structure your time very well. Yes. So, so there's less willpower involved maybe? Yeah, so there's no, yeah. So you take the urges out so you don't have to use that willpower to do those things. It's just like, well, this is what I'm doing at this time, this, this, and this, and the workout's in there. Yeah. So it's not like it's a negotiable thing or, you know, you don't feel like doing it. It's just a part of your daily plan. That's true. And I think that's a good point to point out. Is that what you were hoping I would bring up? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, my brain's just a bit slow this morning. But yeah, definitely I agree with the whole structure thing because otherwise I feel like willpower also diminishes when you have like decision fatigue so you like you your burger example it was the end of the day you had a massive work week and your willpower was like low right because yeah. you were tired and you'd made hundreds of decisions that day already and you're like getting a burger and not questioning myself is an easy decision for me to make even though you've had practice and you could recognize it and stop it but yes, if you can minimize the amount of decisions that you have to make a day, that could mean like planning all of the foods that you're going to eat. Then you're just taking away the, like, the aspect of willpower for you to decide whether do I get takeaway or do I cook food because you've already decided. Like your past self has already decided for you what you're going to have for dinner. So there's no willpower, not as much willpower involved. There's still willpower there, yeah. <laughs> but not as much. And that's sort of where I wanted to go with this conversation. So there's two very different examples here. You're very structured with your time so you don't miss anything. And I feel like I'm just a little bit more disciplined with doing things. I'm not so much structured, but I will go and do things um, and work on that. I guess I need that little bit of extra willpower. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do things like cold shower, starting a sauna, all that sort of stuff, trying to do uncomfortable things to build on that willpower. So when I do have those burger times, or cookie times, Yeah, I've got a little bit more willpower. And I just want to say, just on a sidetrack, we're not perfect. We do give in to, will, like we do lose willpower sometimes and we do have those moments where we're just like, fuck it, let's eat that. And we do eat that. And again, as we've spoken about in previous podcasts, just do it, you know, it's not going to ruin your life. It's not going to ruin your diet. It's not going to ruin anything. Just you've done it, move on and go to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, but... I wanted to sort of touch on that because, and bring this around to, we sort of touched on it last podcast with the last episode, so you can sort of go back to that episode and skip to the end, about organising your life so you don't need that willpower as well. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's very underrated and a lot of people don't realise that this decision fatigue is a real thing. And it is the number one thing I see all my clients other pe like people that aren't my clients fail with their health and fitness journey or goals or whatever they're trying to achieve because they haven't planned or they just get have too many decisions and they just give up because yeah. it's too hard. And it's it is. Hard. And it is. So, yeah, 
I just want to talk about planning <laughs> your life so you don't have to give up. You want me to, to talk about it or you want to talk about it? <laughs> well, you might as well we start. We are very different planners. Yeah, you might as well start. So. so how do I plan my life? Is that your question? Well... How can I plan... How can you plan your day maybe to fit all of the things? So, well, how would you plan your week so you make sure that you get into the gym and eat the right food? Ooh, okay. The first, the very first thing that I would do, and I'm actually going through this with a client. This is her first time doing it this week, so this is very fresh in my mind. And that is to write down like Monday through to Sunday, like on a piece of paper, in a calendar, whatever it is, and then write in the things that you cannot change. So appointments, like if you work a nine to five job, if you have like school sports, write all of the things that you can't change down so you can see it, like what is set in stone. And then just look around that at all of the time that you can control and how can you control it? Like if you get up at six o'clock and you don't have to be in the car going to school drop off until eight, how can you best control like those two hours in the morning? Can you chop some vegetables for dinner that night so that it doesn't take as long? Like maybe you get home at, maybe your afternoon window is like 5.30 and then dinner is at six. So you've only got half an hour. So if you write down everything that's set in stone, you can see where you're going to be really tight for time, where it's going to be stressful, and you can see where you might have a little bit more flexibility. And I think one thing that people get really stuck in is like, like the normality of life. Mm. Like you don't prep dinner in the morning. You don't cook dinner in the morning. You don't, I don't know, go supermarket shopping before, like it's an after work activity, you know? So just maybe challenge what your norms are. Yeah, that's a good point. To see how you can fit your schedule. Because I hate that there's like a set schedule for everyone. Yeah, there's like two hours in the morning and it's like, well, I can't prep dinner because it's morning. So I'm just going to sit here and scroll on my phone. Exactly. Where you could be doing something productive. Yeah. So once you have that like overview of your week, then I would like, I guess, add in where you, what you actually do into the calendar. So if you get up at six, what are you doing between six and seven? Mm. Like, are you just scrolling? Like, obviously you have to get ready and stuff. So add in what you're doing through the day. You can do it as the week goes on and to be more accurate if you want. So add in, like, I try to do it for every hour. So like six to seven, what are you doing? Like seven to eight, what are you doing? And then you should try and write up either one or two ideal days. So this is massive. I have a whole ideal week in mm. my calendar. And then I use my ideal week to schedule my individual day. So like my ideal week has spread across it like lectures and gym sessions, different kinds of gym sessions, sauna sessions. So I know when I'm going to do it across the week. And I'm not going to forget anything. I'm not going to feel pressured because like I know I want a sauna this week and I can see it's coming Saturday. So it's fine. Stress less. You know what I mean? Um, so I would just do two days that are your ideal day. Make it as fancy, as unrealistic as you can because that's just what you're going to work towards. Mm. And you might pick one hour out of the ideal day and you're going to slot that one hour into your week and then add another hour and slot it into your week. And then just build up from there and all of a sudden you'll have your ideal week and you'll be getting so much stuff done and you'll be so productive and you'll have so much spare time. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. <laughs> that's, so everybody go back a couple of minutes and re-listen to that. That's a lot of good points in there. And I like the idea of setting the ideal day and yes. what's your ideal day and what you get done in that day or two days. 
because uh, yeah, again, a lot of people will set health and fitness goals, the ideal goal or the body shape or the fitness level that they want to achieve, but then they don't actually plan the time to actually do it. Yeah, how? what are you going to do every day to get that goal? Yeah. Um, and I say two days because obviously you might not train at the gym every day. Yeah. So one day could be a gym day one, the other day might you might need to schedule in a walk or yoga or something else. So mm. then you have like two alternatives and both are beneficial for you, right? Yeah. Um, so again, we've got two very different examples here. <laughs> so, um, and neither one is wrong or right. It's just different. Mm. Everybody's different. Every, like we say, everybody's different. So we do things in different ways. So I start off very similar to Mac. I have my calendar for the week and I have the times that are non-negotiable set in that calendar. Now, obviously my times change a little bit depending on if clients book in, clients will move mm. around. So I don't have a full set work you know these are the hours i work sometimes they get mixed around and that's just pt life that's fine that's how it is um but i don't really schedule in workouts as much because some days can be very tiring for me um so say i work a shift in the morning sometimes that shift can be easy i have lots of energy to get it done and i can finish a shift and smash out a workout sometimes there's clients or members or people that take a lot of my energy, so those energy levels drop. So I don't have, like, you know, if I've had that workout planned, then I'm probably going to do something different. I'm still going to do a workout, but it's not the same workout, or it might be a walk or something like that, just something different. And also it goes the same with, like, food and all that sort of stuff. Um, we've spoken about this a little bit in the past, but we have, you know, we do good food shops twice a week so there's always food in the fridge and cupboard so mm -hmm. we can always have a good healthy meal so that mitigates the you know the going out and eating 10 burgers and all that sort of <laughs> stuff because one of the places i work i have to walk down one of the main streets in melbourne and there's a lot of delicious food down yeah. the, down that street and my willpower to know not to eat that is I've got good food at home. Once I get there, I can eat some decent food. So I bypass all the pastries, the pizzas. Krispy Kreme donuts. Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> like everything you can think of on that one street, I can bypass it because I know I've got that food there. So that's not necessarily something I've got in a calendar that's planned rigid. It's just twice a week we go and do a big shop and we've got food there so I know that um, I can go and eat. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about those urges when they come around, especially after a big long shift. Um, and again, that comes into, you know, it, mine seems a, little, a lot more scrappy compared to Max. This has taken me a very long time to curate though. Like it's not just something that one day I woke up and this is how my schedule will be. Like it's taken me time to find out when's the best time for me to exercise. Like Jack likes exercising in the morning. I hate it mm. so much. I just, my mind is not there. My mind's on all of the other things I should be doing. And then like same for food shopping. Like we hadn't, we didn't have days set in stone for the longest time when we moved here. It's just like you have to literally just play around with life and see what works, where, you, where your energy levels are highest and lowest and everything like that. Yeah, plan your, like you plan your ideal day and that might work on, you know, three or four days out of the week and yeah. those other days are just never work and that's fine. Like you've just got to accept that and plan for the worst. So on those days, you know, 
you don't have to exercise, but again, we always have that minimum ex um, exercise for the day, which is a 30 minute walk. Mm -hmm. So that's non-negotiable. That's always, we always walk for 30 minutes, no matter what. So anything on top of that is an added bonus. But like on those days, unideal days where they turn the shit and nothing's happening the way I want it to, I'll just, I can just skip a couple of days and get the workout done when I have the time because I've got that discipline and yeah. I build that resilience over time to be able to just go back into the gym. Um, but again, that takes a lot of time to work on Yeah. and build. Um, cool. Not really where I thought that conversation would go, <laughs> but we went there. Uh, anything else you wanted to t touch on with that? I think we sort of covered a fair bit. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about scheduling and productivity for days, but I feel like we've covered all the basics for everyone to get started. Yeah, it can be. It out. One thing that did come up in the last Q&A podcast, we, people sort of go, spoke, you know, I've got a couple of comments about you overschedule things and that overwhelms me, overscheduling things. And it can be overwhelming to schedule things and schedule out your week and write your calendar and your ideal days and all that sort of stuff to start with. But as time goes on, it just takes all the decision fatigue out of it and mm. you don't have to stress about it anymore. So you've got more energy just to do life better. Yeah. And maybe it's overwhelming in the beginning because you've never done it before and you've never actually looked at how you spend your time. Mm. Like this week when I did it with my client, she did, she wrote out her normal day and she's like, oh my goodness, I spend so much time scrolling. Mm. But she never realized because you never step back and just have a look at what you're actually doing because you get so caught up in just doing the next thing. Mm. So yeah, it's overwhelming, but also if it is very overwhelming, then maybe there's a reason that you should be doing it. Like you might need it even more. So just so you can look at why, why are you feeling overwhelmed about it, you know? Yeah, um, just so, it was very overwhelming for me when I first started using like Google Calendar and filling yeah. it out and all that sort of stuff. So I literally just started with just putting one thing in there every mm. week. L literally, there's just one thing on my calendar. And then I added the next thing and then the next thing. And then it got to the point, I don't do that anymore. But yeah, shopping, like it looked like Max calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Mine doesn't look like that anymore, but it was very scheduled out. So I knew when I was going to buy food. Yeah. I knew when I was, you know, going to sit down and do this and I was going to sit down and do that. Even if you just schedule one habit, mm. like if you just, and make your calendar give you an alert for the time that you should be doing that habit, like if it's 30 minutes of chopping vegetables in the morning, just schedule it and you can see you're reminded constantly. If you have an iPhone, add the widget to your home screen so it shows you when your next event is coming up. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, and then you'll feel more confident and more comfortable to just add the next thing and then the next thing and then It'll be like a Christmas tree with all the different color coding sections. <laughs> Play around with it, have fun. If you haven't tried like Google Calendar or even just writing out, like writing out your week on a piece of paper, like Max said, try it. Uh, again, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just have one or two things in there to start with and try and stick with those before you start adding in too much. Yeah. How soon after a workout do you try to have your first meal? As soon as possible. Yeah. So, um, for the general public, it does. It's not um, crazy important. Like a lot of people, a lot of guys, a lot of bros out there in the gym <laughs> will like literally. They'll put their 
after their last rep, they'll put down the, their dumbbell and pick up their protein shake just so they've got that protein mm. straight after the workout, like literally that quick. Dumbbell down, protein shake. And it's not that necessary. Like you've got a decent window there to get some protein in. So, you know, if it's, you know, straight after, great. If it's two hours later, that's okay. Great. You know, one time I saw a guy eating beef jerky during the workout. Yeah. I was yeah. I was astonished. I couldn't it's, believe it. It's like you get some guys drinking like BCAs or EAAs during the workout and they need to have it or they're having their protein shake during the workout. It's like guys like, you know, if you're not at the level where that matters. Like if you're an athlete or close yeah. to an athlete or try like you're in that top couple of percent of the population where you're trying to do whatever you're doing in your certain sport, yeah, it matters. But for the rest of us, no. You don't need to eat beef jerky during your work. <laughs> so I came across this. I was under the impression that like two hours was a good amount of time to mm. get food in after your workout. And that is what I would recommend to any of my clients. Like just try and eat a meal, if not a decent balanced snack within two hours ish yeah. after the workout. I was, I was going to Go say, on. like, I know you're going to probably prove me wrong, but <laughs> most studies that I've seen, it, there's a five hour window. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't matter that's just a five hour window so if you do a workout in that first you know for the first hour you've got four hours to get protein in mm -hmm. or if you know your last meal was two hours before you work out then you've done a workout for an hour you've got another two hours to get some protein in so oh, i see it's just within that five hours from your last meal to your workout to the next meal just make sure it's within five hours yeah i think and that's probably not wrong either yeah. But also, why? Like, why are we aiming to get food in around the workout for recovery, right? Yeah. So that we perform better, we recover better, our muscles recover better, we feel better, we actually get a benefit from the workout? Yeah, so basically when you're working out, you're tearing all your muscle fibres, you're putting your body under load, stressing it out, all that. Using sort of energy. Using energy. Um, so you need to replenish that replenish that energy you need to have protein because that's a building block to build your muscles back to build your ligaments back all the damage you put on your body mm -hmm. um, so basically yeah you're recovering your body with food right so I found this study this week by a very respected woman on Instagram um, Dr Darcy Sims she's very very much in the women and sports realm so i'm pretty sure she wrote the book raw which is a pretty popular um female exercise health book but anyway the study that she highlighted was that when that women should actually aim to eat within 90 minutes of training and i was like what like because the photo that she posted on instagram was like quote women should eat within 30 to 90 minutes of training and i was like wow i don't do that so then I was like, what, what is this all about? And essentially when you exercise, you increase the activity of your metabolism, right? So your body's using more energy because you're exercising. And then once you stop exercising, you are still using energy for a while after because you start to try and repair and recover. So your metabolism rate is a little higher still. So for guys, and that's who all of the studies have been done on, um, your metabolic rate stays higher for between three to 18 hours mm. post-workout, mm. right? So your metabolism is going a little bit faster 
working in your favour for three to 18 hours after a workout. A female's lasts, works a little faster for up to 90 minutes after a workout. That's what this study's showing. And like, it was a very good study. I read it this morning and like, they did blood tests on the days that they worked out. They did blood tests before the workout, during the workout, after the workout. They also do blood tests on the days that neither group, male or female, worked out. So there was like a lot of variables. Everything was taken into account. Hmm. And we've got 90 minutes. Like, I'm not saying there's no point in eating after 90 minutes. Like, definitely still eat after a workout. But ideally, if you want to get the most out of your workout and the most recovery, the most out of the food that you're actually eating within 90 minutes for women. Wow. Three hours to 18 hours for men. <laughs> yeah, that's a very unfair advantage. It is, isn't it? And, and people will just hear that and go, well, that, like, who cares? But like, like I've always said, and you can listen to, if you're new here, you can go back and pretty much listen to any podcast. Yes, the work is in, workout is important, but it's what you do after the workout that is in, even more important. And if a guy has, what, 18 hours? Yeah. To, at the upper end, yeah. Yeah, at the upper end to improve his recovery compared to 90 minutes. It's crazy. That That is a huge, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is a massive unfair advantage. And it's like, it's crazy because I would have like, it sucks because it's good now that people are actually starting to do these individual like men and women studies. Yeah. Because they have not been around. Like I said, I was under the belief every study that I've read and yeah, it's always done on men. And I, that's where the five hour window comes from. Mm. Ideal five hour window. But yeah, they're all done on men. Um, and I've, we've said this about sleep studies, all that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, there's more money in men's sport. So more studies are done on men to improve their ability to do that sport because then they make more money yeah. and make more money for the companies that support them and all that sort of stuff. So it's good that we're actually learning this stuff. Starting to compare them. So yeah, for me, this is not great news because I really like to train at around two or three o'clock, which leaves me finishing at around three or four o'clock. And then I don't usually eat anything until 6, 6.30, right? Mm. So I've been like, well, how can I fix this problem? And I assume if I have this problem, some of you guys probably have this problem. So ideally, you want to have, what, 25 to 30 grams of protein, mm -hmm. at least, I would say, straight after the workout. Uh, yeah, I I'd, I'd wouldn't go lower than 25. And most protein shakes only have 20 to 25 grams. So you might need to do um, a scoop and a half of protein yeah. for most people out there. And then carbohydrates is probably the next important thing mm -hmm. that you want to make sure you have, especially if you're doing any kind of cardio well, and any and kind weight, of exercise. Resistance training uses carbohydrates as well. Again, we always say how important protein is, and yes, it is, but carbohydrates are just important because they help the protein get to where they need to go. So you can't have one without the other. Don't not eat carbohydrates, it's just silly not to eat carbs. Yeah, so I don't have a solution yet. <laughs> I My plan is, because I read this on the weekend and I missed my training session yesterday because I'm a woman and woman things happen, you know. So today I'll be back in the gym and today I'm like, I need a plan for after my training session of what I'm gonna eat. Mm. So I think that I'm going to have a protein shake and 
so, I don't know, I need something else. Yeah. Either a protein shake and a little gr of the high protein yogurt we have with maybe some frozen berries. Mm -hmm. Or I've just impulse bought bagels last night. Did you? Didn't see them in the <laughs> So a protein shake and half a bagel maybe. Yeah. Um, just for the protein and the carbs. Yeah. And I also wanted to like highlight, I feel like a lot of women don't eat after a workout in the fear of eating too many calories mm. or ruining their workout. Like this is me saying ruining your workout in quotation marks. But I think that if you can either move your workout or adjust your calorie intake so that you get your protein and carbs after you work out and maybe that means you eat a little less calories at breakfast or dinner or one less snack or whatever it is, I think it's more important for you to just work on getting this in after your workout than it is for you to not have anything in fear of eating too many calories, mm. right? Mm. Because like, I don't know, I'll, I'll link this study and if you like reading studies then definitely read it because it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I just feel like don't be scared to refuel after a workout. Yeah. Don't be scared of it. So one really good thing that this study does is disprove that fasted cardio works. <laughs> yes. So for all you out there, I'm going to soundbite this and put it on Instagram so you all listen. Go and read this study if you think fasted cardio or working out fasted is more beneficial for you when it's not. This study disproves that. So click the link in the bio, go to the podcast, listen to the podcast. <laughs> if you're already listening, thank you. And read that study because... We always say that fasted cardio is useless mm -hmm. and what you do after your workout is very important. So you need to refuel. And like I said, a lot of people are scared of eating after workout because it's going to ruin their gains, but you're ruining your gains by not eating. Exactly. So fuel your workouts and then fuel your recovery after your workouts. Yep. Perfect. That's all I got. Cool. All right. Let's wrap it up with my three cents. What? That's the so you're calling it? The name somebody suggested. Really? Thank you, Bryce. So my three cents is the last segment where we give you one thing to try, one thing to listen to, and one thing to watch. Yeah. Not particularly in those orders. Okay. In that order. In that order. Sure. So, so one thing to try is creatine. Um, I know long-time listeners are going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> we went off creatine and all supplements for at least six to eight months. Yeah. Not not because supplements are bad or anything like that. It's just a good, sometimes good to go off them, on them, mix around a little bit. And we're back on creatine. Um, I feel like my energy levels are up a little bit more compared to when we weren't having it. Obviously, it takes a few days for your body to build those stores back up. Yeah. Um, Mac has done a really good article that you should link in the show notes yep. about creatine. Um, creatine, when everybody hears it, it's all about you know, the bros in the gym mm. and it's it's become a bodybuilding supplement, but there is so many health benefits to having extra creatine in your body. So basically creatine just helps your body produce energy that is with in your brain as well. Um, when you jump or you walk or you pick something up, you're using energy to do that through your muscles um, and creatine just aids in that energy. So it's really good to have in your body a lot of good studies have come out about it, so check out that is it, that article in the show notes. I will say before we go on to the next thing, the, having creatine. What? When did we get it? Like a two weeks ago, maybe. I'd say a week. Yep. A week ago. So I've been having it for a week. This is the first 
period, menstrual cycle period, I've had without chronic, borderline chronic pain. Okay. And I don't know if it's related or not, but there's nothing else in my diet that I've really changed apart mm. from adding creatine in again. I should definitely look it up and I'll report back next week. Yeah. But it could be related. It also could be the sauna. I need to also look into that. Yeah. So if you're not looking to creatine, get yourself some creatine because, again, lots of health benefits to it, not just gain. Like, not just gains. <laughs> I feel like the health benefits are a lot more beneficial than the actual gains it gives you in the yeah. gym. Like the gains it gives you in the gym are... Yeah, they're there, and it is proven that you do get gains in the gym, but I feel like the health benefits outweigh them. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, one thing to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one came from Bryce as well. Bryce might as well be on the podcast today. <laughs> and that is the TV series on Netflix, Sweet Tooth. I know we are very late to the party, the Sweet yeah. Tooth party. I texted my sister and I was while we were watching Sweet Tooth, and I was like, oh, my God, have you watched Sweet Tooth yet on Netflix? And she's like, yeah, man came out ages ago yeah. and I was like oh but yeah it was just great it was it's like um it's like about a pandemic right I won't say too much but it is about a some variation of a pandemic world crisis what was the um very last of us vibes yes like very very similar if you like the last of us you'll like that yeah um yeah it's good it's good yeah. Okay, and the thing to listen to is if you're an audiobook person, I'm not really, but I'm trying very hard to be because it's much more time efficient mm. <laughs> than reading. Um, I have been listening to the book Think Fast and Slow by Daniel Someone. I'll put it in the show notes. But it is a psychology-based book and it's just about the different systems that we use to process information and do actions, right? Um, I won't say much more than that, but it is very interesting, very eye-opening into just humans and why we do the things we do and how that happens and how you can, I guess, maybe control your impulses and actions a little bit better if you understand the two systems. Yeah. So very interesting. I'd say not only control your own, but understand other people's. Yes, definitely. Because a lot of time people will be acting in a way towards you and you can take it the wrong way. But if you understand why they're actually saying or acting the way they are, you can be more accepting. And you can react, control your reaction better. Yeah, which is much more, benef- more, much more beneficial in every sort of circumstance. Yeah, exactly. Um, whether you're trying to de-escalate something, escalate something, make somebody happy, make somebody sad. If you understand where they're coming from, it's just a lot easier. Yeah, cool. Awesome. As always, if you've made it this far, you've enjoyed the podcast, so copy the podcast link, whether it's on a podcast um, platform or YouTube, wherever it is, copy that, send it to a friend. They're going to get something out of this episode. I know they will. They're going to thank you, and you can thank us for that thank you. (laughs) Complicated, but it works. Uh, All right, that's over there. Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs)